Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and happy Friday to you here. Uh, Glad to have you along for The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and this is our hour dedicated to spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We're getting into that time of year, that time of year, kids heading back to school. Depending upon where you live, uh, well, school may start in a few days. I actually have a coworker, his son that's in high school, went back to school two days ago on Wednesday, or maybe you have two or three more weeks until the first day of classes. There's all the back-to-school shopping that you have to do with your kids, all the items that are on that list from the school. Or if you have a student that's in college, then you might be helping them load up a car with everything that they need for their dorm. What do you remember about the first day of school growing up? So many things have changed from when I was in school to now having my own children that are in school. I grew up in an age of peachy folders. Do you remember those? <laughs> Trapper keepers. I was excited to play the Oregon Trail on that old Apple IIe computer. We didn't do much else on that computer. There, there were some educational games, but in the 80s, pretty much everything was taught to us out of textbooks. And almost all the assignments... We completed everything on normal notebook paper. You know, we wrote everything out by hand. I hated cursive writing, by the way. I was horrible at it. As soon as uh, we had to do that up until sixth grade. Once I got into seventh grade, I went back to normal printing. Um, Yeah, some people have beautiful handwriting. My wife, my mom, their handwriting is beautiful. Mine is just scratches. Now, though, uh, you know, textbooks. My kids, I don't think they have hardly any textbooks for school. They might have a math textbook. They still have to write out the work and show how they solve equations. But everything else is done through Chromebooks, these Chromebooks that are assigned to each student at the beginning of the year. So if they're writing their papers, if they're completing their homework, whatever it is, it's all done online. And this can be much more efficient, but it also means that it's much more time that our kids are then spending in front of a screen every single day. But that is the world we live in, right? I mean, right now, where I'm, this studio that I'm in right here, I have four different screens that I'm looking at, four different monitors up here to communicate different information to me during this broadcast. So it's no longer that world of textbooks and peachy folders. But some things are similar because my wife, she just took three of our kids out yesterday to get haircuts. We've had a few pairs of new shoes that have been purchased in the last couple of weeks. There's been... A few new shirts or pairs of pants. 
those new school clothes to start the year. Outside of the change in styles, that's pretty much the same as when you or I would have started the new school year. And another thing that remains similar for our family is that busy routine that the school year brings along with it. Now, there's the the daily routine, you know, getting the kids to and from school. Some of them ride buses, others we have to drive to school. But then there are those extra activities, the sports or the music or the different clubs, all of these things that take extra planning when your child is staying late or they have a practice or some sort of an event. And then that can push off dinner a little later, and then they still have to get their homework done. If they're in high school and they have a job, well, that's even another layer of the schedule that you have to consider there in trying to make everything coordinate in the house. But in all of that added activity, as we walk into a new school year, do you find that certain things get shoved to the side or forgotten? You only have so much time after all. And hopefully your faith isn't one of those things that takes a backseat to the busy activity of the school year. And I'll readily admit, our family has had those moments where all of the school activities, they seemed to eat up so much of our time that we weren't able to take the same sort of time for family prayer or helping our kids learn about the faith. And so... In recognizing this after a few days or a week or something, you know, whatever that time frame was, my wife and I, we had to make it a distinct priority. We had to bring back that proper balance into our family routine so that we could have that regular focus for faith, for prayer. So today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about some practical ways to maintain that balance at home as we do look at our kids going back to school. And we want to talk about some ways that we can also pass the faith on to our kids. You know, with back to school time, we want to make sure that our kids are not only learning about the basic academic things, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, as the the old song goes. We We also want to ensure that our kids have a solid religious education. And so joining us for the hour to help us look at this, I'm very glad to welcome back to the program Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And he also has a brand new ebook that he co-authored, and it's available through Amazon. The title is Physics and Faith from Light to Life. Father Dave, welcome back to The Inner Life. Always good to talk with you. Thank you, Josh. Always great to be with you and our listeners and on really on this great, great, important topic. Well, were you a, a peachy folder kind of person? Uh, <laughs> I was. I, that just brought right. me back. I hadn't heard that word in so long. And uh, <laughs> we all had those. And we all would, you know, kind of uh, add pictures on the cover to, you know, kind uh-huh. of make it humorous. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. Or, or, or have the them saying people. something to exactly. the other people on the folder. Yep. <laughs> the thought bubbles or the, the dialogue bubbles. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's that's uh, days gone by there. So, well, Father, um, you know what? One of the things that, and I I, I have mentioned this quote uh, a handful of times on this show, but it was something that really stood out to me when I had read, uh, and I've read the book a, a few times, but Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. He has this quote, and. You know, when we're talking about the importance of continuing 
our learning, understanding what we believe. You know, we want to talk about our kids and back to school time, but it's important for all of us. And this quote that I remember from C.S. Lewis, he says, God is no fonder of intellectual slackers than of any other slackers. You know, if you're thinking of becoming a Christian, I warn you, you are embarking on something which is going to take the whole of you, brains and all. And so when we talk about faith, when we talk about religion, some people have, I think, this mistaken notion that having faith, it negates this need to keep learning or to use reason or to use logic when we look at what we believe as Catholics. But honestly, that goes that, that really flies in the face of the church as a whole, because so much of our academic Western culture has come out of the church. Absolutely. And how great that you start with a quote from C.S. Lewis. I mean, no one could, could use the English language better than he could in expressing, you know, profound truths of, our, of, of life and, and especially of religion and faith. Uh, you know, I think it's important that everybody recognize that faith doesn't happen automatically. You know, we do believe that we have a religious impulse in our DNA, uh, but it has to be expressed, it has to be nurtured, it has to be educated. Uh, even it says about Jesus that Jesus grew in wisdom, age, and grace. He just didn't arrive in Bethlehem, you know, complete uh, catechism uh, understanding of everything. Uh, he was also a person in the family that was taught by his parents and perhaps rabbis in the town. And that's a model for all of us to recognize that uh, faith requires, uh, you know, seeking understanding, as Thomas Aquinas says. It's seeking to understand because it's not easily available at first. You know, that's why Jesus chose, uh, used parables to engage our mind. Uh, you have to think about that parable. What is the shepherd? What does the lost sheep mean? What's going on here in this story? So he's engaging people's minds so that, uh, um, and, and that's what makes the faith more grounded. You know, when we grapple with it, when we seek to understand it, when we take the time to, you know, read a book, to read, you know, famous authors and theologians, you know, like C.S. Lewis or Thomas Aquinas, uh, and then the faith becomes more own. We kind of appropriate it and and um, and make it m much more solidly grounded in ourselves when we uh, engage it, uh, and especially intellectually. This is a favorite theme of Bishop Barron too. He's, you know, the, his whole fear of watering down our faith and just kind of making it a coloring book type experience. No, it really deals with the most deepest aspects of our human life. And we can begin that at an early age, age appropriately, uh, with children in our schools. Um, and you're, you're right, it's all very techno now with Chromebooks and whatnot, but still, the, uh, it's still meant to engage students um, intellectually. And we know that as students get older, they really want that. They, they don't like kind of a dumbed-down religion. They really want to be, uh, to be engaged. So... Yeah. The C.S. Lewis quote is important. Uh, we really have to uh, use our reason, our rationality, our intelligence, uh, all of that uh, to, to make the faith really, you know, grow deep in our soul. Well, and as you're talking about Jesus learning as he's growing up, and that example that we have even in his life there, mm -hmm. that he doesn't just start out knowing everything on in, in his human nature. He allows himself to be taught. And I remember years ago hearing somebody talk about how with, uh, you know, Joseph, 
you have this uh, adoptive, this foster father of Jesus who is teaching the God who created, who built the world. Joseph is teaching (laughs) this builder how to build things out of wood, this carpenter. And I love that. But I was also thinking as you were talking about, you know, him maybe learning from rabbis or, or different other teachers, you know, God would have chosen God the Father would have chosen the perfect mother and father, who we see in Joseph and Mary, to help raise the second person of the Trinity, his son Jesus. And it makes me think, I wonder if Joseph, even though we don't have a single recorded word from him in Scripture, if Joseph kind of used those same sort of parables, if he, you know, in trying to explain things to Jesus, would have said, well, it's kind of like this and gave an example to bring forth a greater truth. And that was something that Jesus was then, naturally, he adopted it, not just because it was how God was going to communicate anyway, but it was part of this fulfillment of Jesus carrying on what he's taught as a child. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly reasonable uh, conclusion or inference about Joseph, because you know, telling parables, telling stories is deeply rooted in Jewish tradition. Um, you know, a rabbi will frequently uh, give, an, give an analogy or an allegory or a parable or a story to kind of bring forth a, a point. And it's that whole respect uh, of another person's intelligence uh, to, to kind of include them in on the journey to discovery, to engage them uh, and uh, it's it's more fascinating, it's more interesting, it's more entertaining, uh, it's more satisfying, really, for students to feel like they are with the teacher kind of going along a road of discovery to learn something. Um, you know, in the ancient world also, a son especially spent a lot of his time with his father, would usually join him in the same trade, the same uh, industry. Uh, Joseph was a Really, he was kind of a general contractor in those days. He would be a carpenter, a stonemason, a stonecutter, kind of whatever you needed in the, in the household uh, building trades. And uh, so Joseph would spend a lot of time with, uh, I mean, uh, Jesus would spend a lot of time with Joseph. And of course, that's a time for talking. And, um, and that just that beautiful phrase that Jesus, it says Jesus was obedient to them, and from that sense of obedire, to, to hear, to kind of in, to listen to his folks, uh, and then to grow in age and wisdom and, and grace. And that's the model for us all, to always, no matter what our age, to continue to grow in age and wisdom and grace. Our spiritual director on The Inner Life today is Father Dave Heaney, and he is the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Today we're talking about kids going back to school and how we can keep that balance of making sure that we don't let the faith, let that kind of religious education get pushed to the side in the busyness of the school schedule. And how have you found that balance in your family to keep your faith central while you are in that busy schedule of school and other activities? And what are some ways that you have taught your kids about what we believe as Catholics? been able to have those conversations. We'd love to have you call in and share some of the successful approaches that you've used to help your children understand maybe some of the more difficult aspects of the faith. 
and uh, maybe give some encouragement to some of the younger parents that are out there listening and even to some of us older parents that are listening as well too you know it's never too late to learn maybe a new approach or a, you know consider a new way to address something um, especially the older your kids get sometimes the more difficult the questions can be our studio line to call in is 888-914-9149-888-914-9149 our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com uh, father dave how about in your family growing up is there anything that kind of stands out to you as being uh, kind of that that keeping that balance making sure that along with the academic learning that you had that that faith that religious uh, uh, education that was happening in the home I think it happened in two ways um, it, it kind of family customs and family traditions family rituals uh, it was just kind of a natural part of the day so uh, we would be we would, I'd begin with a morning prayer I would and then uh, my folks would actually join me in a night prayer before going to bed. Uh, and that was just kind of a natural thing that happened. You know, you would start the day with prayer and end the day with prayer. And the the ending prayer was something that was done with my parents. Um, and my, my brother and I slept in the same room. We were twins. And uh, so that would be something that, you know, I could I could hear his prayer. He could hear mine. And my folks could hear both of ours. And I think also grace before meals was a big thing. It was the memorized grace, you know, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, that standard one. Uh, and then every once in a while we would um, add our own, uh, the idea was to add something that you were grateful for. <clears throat> and uh, I think that was just a, a very powerful thing as well. Of course, Sunday Mass was a, was a big thing. I'm a son of a scientist. My dad was uh, worked at a, you know, fairly famous laboratory. And so I grew up always asking questions. Um, and I think the thing that I was grateful for is that my parents always honored questions. There was never an inappropriate question, never a question that was silenced. Uh, if they could answer it, fine. If not, we would go to the encyclopedia or to the Bible and uh, and try to look it up. Uh, so I think the kind of the customs and traditions and rituals were really helpful because they were just kind of taken for granted. This is what our family does, and, and they were expected and anticipated. Uh, and then I think always... Um, recognizing the importance of questions. I've always felt that most learning happens when you get your question answered. Um, so I think this, those are the things that stand out, you know, first of all, right in my, uh, right away for me in terms of my growing up and how faith happened for me. And here I am working for the company now. Well, <laughs> working for the company. Um, I, I, I like how, you know, with your, your father, um, even though he's a scientist who probably had a good amount of knowledge about a number of different things, mm -hmm. it was still okay not to know the answer to everything. And and I'm not just talking faith-related here. You know, you were talking about you'd look it up in the encyclopedia or the dictionary or whatever the reference book might have been at that time. I mean, you know, now we have even more at our fingertips with... Uh, you know, being able to look up online so many different things and read such, uh, I mean, you can read deeply into so many different topics. Yeah. But that idea that, you know, I think a lot of times on the faith education side, as parents, we can be a little, uh, we can feel a, a, a little scared that 
I don't have all the answers. Well, we don't have all the answers in all kinds of areas of life, and our kids still ask questions. And we just have to be honest and say, I don't know. Let's, let's look it up. And that's okay on the faith side as well. It's absolutely okay. And actually, that was a very profound understanding I understood from my father in the science world, because there's an incredible number of things that scientists don't understand yet. And they're not shocked by that. They're not embarrassed by it. They're not, you know, humiliated that they don't know the answer. Their attitude is always, we don't know the answer yet. And that's what science does, is tries to seek through experiment and observation, try to find out the answer. So when I was a kid, um, there would be things I didn't understand. And my attitude was always, I don't understand it yet. One day I will. And so when I was young, I never liked the word mystery. Because to me, the word mystery kind of implied stop thinking about it. And I never liked that idea. So there may be things that are difficult to understand, a challenge to understand. How is it that God is both, you know, Jesus is both God and man? How does the Trinity work? What's actually going on at transubstantiation? Those are things that are uh, intriguing me. Um, and I don't say, I don't think there's any combination of English words that completely explains them all. But my attitude has always been uh, this is not something I totally understand yet, but one day I will. Um, and I, I just, and again, I think my patron saint has always been Mary at the uh, Annunciation when, you know, the angel announces that she's going to be the mother of our Lord. And the first thing she responds with is a question. How can this be? I don't understand it yet. And then the angel beautifully and patiently explains it to her. And so her knowledge and her faith grew from asking a question and getting it and getting it answered. So Mary is a great example for all of us. Uh, and, uh, and I hope also parents, you know, when their children ask a question, that's a golden moment because now you know what they're interested in. Pretty hard to read minds, but if they ask a question, now you know. If you're able to answer it, fine. If not, you can say, well, let's, let's find out together and let's go on Wikipedia or Catholic Encyclopedia or the Catechism, and let's 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 make this kind of a fun journey of discovery. Um, when when you hear that question, that's a golden moment to uh, to seize the seize the opportunity. I also like that you know that word mystery for you early on was something where you you said it kind of inferred you should stop thinking about it, but. Mm. As you now have become a priest, as you look at the faith, and we have these mysteries, and you were talking about some of them, you know, transubstantiation. If, if, if we're talking about some of the different mysteries of the rosary, our faith tells us, no, don't stop thinking. In fact, take extra time to think and reflect and meditate upon these. And I, I, I love that that's, it's kind of almost turned on its head from what you experienced in your younger years. Uh, again, our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, here on The Inner Life, as we're talking about kids going back to school and, uh, you know, how we can maintain that balance of religious education along with the academic education that's happening in our homes. And 
maybe you're a parent or a grandparent. What are some of the ways that you were able to find that balance to teach your kids about what we believe is Catholic, teach your kids and pass on the faith? We'd love to hear some of the, uh, the successful tactics or approaches, some things that you used with your children uh, to help them understand some of those different aspects of the faith, some of the things that are kind of difficult to explain or to understand, things that we won't fully understand yet, as Father Dave was talking about. Our studio line to call in, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Maybe it is a difficulty for you to find that balance to try and make that time uh, to establish that. Maybe you're in a household where you are Catholic and your spouse is not, and there's a little bit of tension, and you're looking for some advice, uh, how you can bring that into the family uh, while not creating too much tension there. Again, Father Dave is here to speak with you, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, relevantradio.com. More to come in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Yeah, I think I have forgotten a lot of those things as the years have gone by. I don't remember much of uh, the, the years of French that I took in high school. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. And glad to have you here for this hour of spiritual direction, uh, this hour of the inner life. As today, I'm talking with Father Dave Heaney, and we're also inviting you into the conversation. And the number to call is 888-914-9149. Back to school time. How can you pass on the faith to your kids? Especially, it seems life is busier now than ever before. There's more happening. We have more things that help us be efficient, but it seems that with that efficiency, uh, the kind of hectic, the chaos, it's grown even more for all of us, for our kids. So when we're busy with all of the, the regular routine of life, how do you find that balance, that time to be able to make sure that faith is central in your family life? What are some of the ways that you've been able to maintain that in your household? Um, uh, what are some of the ways that you've taught your kids about the faith, what we believe as Catholics? And again, we're welcoming you to call in and share your experience, 888-914-9149. Or maybe you have a question. Maybe you haven't been able to find that balance. It's been a struggle for you and your family, and you have a question about it. You'd like to speak with Father Dave, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, let's go to Don, who's listening down in your neck of the woods in Southern California. Don, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here on the air. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, glad to be on the show, and uh, Father Haney, big fan of yours, so met you a couple times. Looking forward to uh, just uh, hearing your thoughts on uh, a question I have. I have a quick comment and a question. Um, the comment is one of the things that I've found helpful with my family is uh, what you call like habit stacking, right? So with mealtime prayers, we'll do the mealtime prayer, traditional mealtime prayer, and then we'll add a word of the day related to maybe one of the virtues, 
and then uh, add a quick uh, scripture reading then. So we know that we're always going to have dinner night, and then we'll I'll just add that word of the day with mealtime prayer as well as scripture. So I found I'm always trying to find different you know opportunities to educate, and I found that that's that is uh, you know that's helped. So that's one thing I wanted to share. But uh, the question I have for you specifically is, I do find it troubling, or not troubling, um, but uh, challenging sometimes to uh, ha- strike the balance between educating my personal family on the faith and then uh, my own spirituality, maintaining those rituals, particularly a holy hour in the morning. So I was wondering if you could just give some insight on that, just that balance between educating the family and then maintaining my personal spiritual routine. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me just comment on the grace uh, stacking habits that you talked about. That's a great, uh, great example. You know, a lot of families say grace, excuse me, a lot of families say grace, uh, but I like how you did some unique things that are unique to your family. And that's that's great for children to see. You know, there's kind of our particular family way of doing grace. It gives them a good sense of identity and uniqueness and specialness. And I think that's that's a great, great example. Look, uh, you know, the balance of, you know, taking care of ourselves and taking care of our family just, you know, covers so many things in terms, even in terms of your own personal health, uh, activities, um, you know, what you do for yourself and what you do for others. Um, I would just say, um, I would probably say this, do your, I would probably, the thing I would probably talk about is attitude. Do your best. And if, if a particular day happens that things are not in good balance or out of whack, don't take it personally. Don't get too upset. You have the next day to start over again. So I think the thing I would focus here on is not so much what the activities are, whether you have the holy hour, whether you do it in the morning or in the evening. Uh, any of those type of uh, things are kind of too detailed to get into right now. My, I think my main advice would be to think about your attitude. If you're able to accomplish everything in a good way, great. Chalk it up to a wonderful day. If the neck, if the if a day doesn't work out that well, don't take it personally. Don't think of it as a failure. Just chalk it up as a bad day, and beautifully, you have another day to start all over again, uh, and you know, kind of with a fresh attitude. So, I think the attitude would be the with the main thing here, Don, is to uh, do your best, do do the best that you can, rejoice in the victories, uh, let the failures uh, go by, and start over again. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Father. That's uh, that's very very helpful. I struggle with that a lot sometimes. Just the whole uh, if I if I don't accomplish a certain things or you know certain yeah. amount of tasks for the day. So thank just you. That's over. very helpful. I appreciate the insight. All right. God bless. Yeah, Don. Thanks for the call. I remember uh, hearing about uh, this was a member of Opus Day, and they were talking about how they have this massive number of prayers that they have that they're supposed to say during the day. And I I don't know if it was, you know, specific to them, if they had chosen all of these, but basically it was more than they would ever be able to normally accomplish during the day. And, and they knew that. And it was kind of a, a way for them to say, Nope, I, I, I'm able to practice humility that way. But I also know that, I get to try again tomorrow. And so the the mixture of 
it's okay not to be perfect in all that we want to accomplish in our spiritual lives because there's still the love, the mercy, the grace that's given to us through God. But it also does help our humility. I thought that was such a, an insightful uh, moment there. Yeah, uh, and you know, Jesus is very, very practical and really expresses his his kind of practical love for his disciples. You know, on the one hand, he says, go out and baptize everyone in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In in the 10th chapter of Luke, he gives very detailed training, if you will, descriptions of what they are actually to do when they walk into a pagan town. Do this, do this, do that. You know, first say peace, eat what they set before you. He gives very detailed instructions. And then he says, it may work, it may not work. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, very beautifully, he simply says, move on. Move on to the yeah. next person. Uh, right. Don't take it personally. You can't make faith in someone else. All you can do is share it. You know, parents in their baptism promises, they say the only promise they make is that they will do all that they can to share their faith with their children. They can't make faith. Uh, and so Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 10, you know, hopefully they'll turn around and join the kingdom of God, but if not, move on and start over with someone else. It's just a very practical way of maintaining our attitude, of, of, of maintaining that positive attitude. You know, I, that might also be good to talk about just for a moment here, as we're talking about the education, kind of the intellectual engagement of mm -hmm. our faith. It's also important to remember that that faith itself, as you're saying, it has to be shared. It's not something that can be necessarily forced or given by a parent to the child. We also have to remember it is a gift that's given from God, being one of those theological virtues. It's not something that we can kind of foster on our own. It is going to be a gift given from God just by being that virtue, uh, uh, yeah. one of those three theological virtues. It's So many times parents come to me and they feel like failures because their children don't go to church anymore and this kind of thing. And I say, look, all you could do was share your faith as best as you could knowing how what you knew at that time children are not, children are on their own path they have their own intellect they have their own free will sometimes they can have things perfectly explained to them and they they go someplace else jesus experienced this himself many times his famous story in uh, in mark chapter 10 the rich young man walks up says how do i get to heaven jesus gives a brilliant explanation to it and the man says thank you but no thank you and walks away and Jesus doesn't chase after him. He respects his free will. He respects his intelligence and and, and uh, lets him go. You know, Jesus, the good shepherd, goes after the lost sheep because the sheep is lost. It wants to come back, just doesn't know how. The rich young man was not lost. He just had it perfectly explained to him, and he moved on. So the promises that parents make in baptism is simply that they will do all that they can to share their faith with their kids but they can't make faith. Uh, that child itself has to uh, kind of come, come to grips with that and, and kind of find their own path and their own journey. So all we can do is do our best to share it, to provide the environment, if you will. Uh, for younger children, you know, it's more emotional. And for older children, it's going to be about, about questions and finding good, solid answers. So it'll be different at different ages, but all you can do is, all you can do is your best effort. Uh, talking with Father Dave Heaney here today on The Inner Life. And again, our phone number is 888-914-9149 as we're talking about 
being able to pass on the faith to our children, especially here as we're looking ahead to that back-to-school time, uh, late summer, early fall. What have you done in your family to be able to make sure that you maintain that balance, that you don't get so caught up in the activity and busyness of uh, what's happening with school and work and so much else that happens in life that the faith, the prayer, it gets kind of pushed to the side. Uh, what have you been able to do in your family to find that balance, to be able to teach your kids about the faith? Um, I love what Don said about that habit stacking. Maybe you've done something with your own kids. I know with our family, we've done uh, a lot of kind of trivia uh, play it as a game of, well, can you name the four Gospels in the New Testament? Or can you name uh, this set of mysteries of the rosary can you name you know whatever it might be and that's been uh, kind of fun especially for our younger children maybe there's something you've done in your family we'd love to hear how you've been able to teach your children in the past 888-914-9149 father before we go to the break um you know maybe it would be also good to talk about as with, uh, you know, trying to teach the faith, trying to pass this on, do our best to share the faith, <laughs> as you were talking about. Are there any specific resources that you see out there that are uh, re- really just excellent for parents as they're trying to communicate to their children? And you mentioned a wide range of age- ages there. You know, I mean, it's going to be different as you're talking to young children versus if you're talking with a high schooler or even if you have a child in college, or maybe they're grown and they're starting their own family, but there still can be that that dialogue, or there can still be those questions, and maybe some challenging questions. Uh, any places you recommend that parents might turn to, depending on some of those age ranges of being able to address some of these questions, have those resources to answer the what comes up in regards to the faith? I would say two things. I think the younger the child, the very best resource is the parent itself, but in this particular way, uh, to share a per- to share your personal experience of what that question is about. If a child asks about what's going on with communion, or what's going on with mass, or why does the priest do that, um, one of the best ways they and the thing that they can understand is if you share your personal experience of it. You know, when I I can tell you when I receive communion, I feel God's love. When I listen to the sermon. I understand things better, and it makes me feel good. When I pray to God, I feel more secure and safe. Uh, the younger children, they, those are kind of emotional answers that uh, they can relate to very, very well. Older children need actual, factual answers, and I, I just think that the catechism is the best. It's really written as a resource. And then there are younger versions of the catechism. There are uh, compendiums, if you will. So I would just say go online, search catechism. There is a beautiful one for youth called UCAT, short for Youth Catechism. Um, and uh, that's very, very practical. Um, and then I think good YouTube resources are good. Bishop Barron is always good. Father Michael Schmitz. Uh, the... the uh, uh, UCSB, the um, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has uh, some good videos. You know, it's kind of a video or uh, youth uh, generation. It's kind of a YouTube generation. So uh, those are also effective ways. You can search the topic and then see uh, the speakers on them. So the older kids, they like 
to know, you know, what the answer is. And younger kids just kind of like to know experience and especially what does it mean to the parent? What, you know, what's the emotional experience that a parent has when they're at mass? Sharing that with a child is very, very powerful. Again, talking with Father Dave Heaney. And Father Dave, maybe after uh, our last break here, we can come back and also talk about the religious education programs that we have at different parishes and how those should work in harmony with what we're doing at the at the house, in the home. Uh, again, if you'd like to call in, 888-914-9149. How have you been able to pass on your faith, to be able to share your faith with your children? What are some of the, the, the activities or some of the different tactics, the different successful approaches that you've used to help your children understand the faith? Uh, maybe it's been a struggle for you. Maybe you've been trying to do that. Maybe you're in a household where you're Catholic and your spouse isn't, and that's made it a real challenge, and you're not sure how to proceed. You'd like to talk with Father Dave. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or our email is com. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, flexible premium life insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you have not downloaded the Relevant Radio app, I really encourage you to do so. Not only can you listen to our live stream, the shows that are happening live in the moment, you can go back and find all of our past shows, our past podcasts. And there are so many other resources on there. There's uh, news stories about what's happening in the Catholic world. There are all kinds of prayer and faith resources uh, in the upper right-hand corner of the app. You can see there's a little button that says pray. And if you go there, there's all kinds of written prayers. Uh, there's devotions. There's audio prayers. There's a confession helper. So much there. So if you have not downloaded the Relevant Radio app, please do that. Download it on your mobile device. You'll be glad you did. And uh, again, today talking about our kids going back to school, but not only looking at that academic ed education, we also are talking about how we can maintain that ongoing faith education in our families. And Father Dave Heaney is helping us do that here today. Father Dave is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, and uh, he also uh, has a brand new ebook that he co-authored. It's a available through Amazon, and the title is Physics and Faith from Light to Life. And Father, this was the first I had heard of this book. I, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it a little here. I'm interested to read it myself now. Uh, so yeah, can you give us a little background on what you've written on here, kind of that blending of, it sounds like, faith and science or faith and reason? Completely, yeah. A scientist friend of mine, uh came up with the idea and we decided to co-author it together. It's called uh, uh, Physics and Faith from Light to Life. And it talks about how at the Big Bang, uh, 
all that there was was this electromagnetic radiation, this, this light, and that from that eventually became human life. So that's an interesting uh, journey. How did, how, did, how, did, how did we come from light? Uh, so it's, uh, it's not very long. It's uh, only about 50 pages, actually. It's an e-book to make it easier for people to download. And it just talks about observing the universe and what we can see just from observation and how that can tell, talk to us about uh, the presence of God. And uh, very clear, very concise, and um, hope, hopefully people will find it helpful. Excellent. Well, Father, you know, in that ongoing education of our families, too, I had mentioned before the break, I wanted to talk about how we have uh, kind of a harmony in what we're doing in the home, as well as some of those religious education classes that we can have at our parish. Sometimes uh, we get into maybe this mindset where that should be the primary place that our kids end up learning about the faith. Uh, but the the catechism, the church, talks about the role of the parents in the education. And we've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, the phrase that often is used from the catechism is the fact that parents are the primary educators of their children. And I think it's only that phrase, basically, that we haven't said, but we've talked about that in a number of ways. But how do you try, maybe in your parish, to talk with parents about how there should be that harmony between what's mm -hmm. happening in religious education and the home. You know, at the end of our first communion or confirmation, you know, when we have a lot of the parents there at the culmination of some religious education program. I'll have our teachers stand up for applause, you know, and then I'll say, by the way, we have the largest faculty anywhere in our religious education program because you parents are actually part of our faculty. You are faculty members in our religious education program. So I try to give them that identity. Um, it's a little bit humorous, but I try to say that, you know, you are faculty as well. You may not be able to explain theological terms very well, but at least you can be supportive and affirming. You know, we have the kids for one hour, two hours a week. You have them the whole rest of the week. And a little sarcastic comment here, a cynical statement about our faith a little caustic statement about, uh, you know, our Lord can undermine um, everything that we try to do in the one hour or the two hours that we have them. So hopefully they'll be able to explain things, hopefully they'll be able to engage in converse, religious conversations with their children. But even if not, at least be supportive and affirming and complimentary. Um, and those kind of statements go a long way to communicating to a child that this program is is important. So that's one way. And then I think the thing that we do that's really powerful is several times a year, we'll sometimes at great expense, but it's worth it, we'll bring in a very dynamic speaker who will only speak to the parents. It's a parent night, uh, and it just gets them on board. Uh, I just recommend parishes, you know, kind of budget what it's worth. It's very, very powerful, very effective to connect with the parents, to, make, to help them respect the faith, to help them respect our, uh, our faith in, in a way that they will then be passed it on in a very complimentary way to their kids. So parent education is really important in parishes. If your parish is not doing it, I hope that you'll talk to your pastor about it because it's, uh, it just pays for itself really, really in remarkable ways for a really smooth operating program. Um, so I think those are, those are a couple of ideas that are just powerful 
And again, you know, to the extent that you can, parents, you know, you can't make faith, but you can share your personal experience. You can direct to the catechism or at least be complimentary and affirming and, yeah. and, and have that religious environment. That, is, that will just have a very, very big effect. Uh, Father Dave, let's go back to the phones. We've got a listener in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, is it Giovanna? Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes, it is. Giovanna, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you on the air. And uh, sounds like you uh, took on the challenge of trying to teach your kids the faith. Yes. So, I mean, I'm going to try and make it quick, but um, I was a convert. You know, I married into the Catholic faith, and I never really pursued it, you know. We um, got our kids baptized, and, you know, we attended Mass every once in a while when we weren't tired from the night or whatever, you know. So uh, we'll fast forward, and the pandemic happened, and I went outside of my marriage. And thankfully, my husband's a God-fearing man. You know, he gave me the ultimatum of, do you want to stay or do you want to go? So I just saw the hurt in my kids' eyes and his eyes and everything, and I, and I you know, changed and was like, if I don't teach my kids what I was doing was really wrong, how are they going to be able to, you know, find their way in life? So my son, he's um, nine years old now, and he has, he has been um, diagnosed with autism since he was about three. And I didn't want him to miss his um, chance on getting his first Holy Communion or his first re- reconciliation. So I took it upon myself to go and sit with him in religious ed, and I became the teacher's assistant. So, you know, fast forward, he made his first Holy Communion. He has his understanding because I helped him go through everything, read through everything. And um, I just kind of had that, you know, light light up in my mind, you know, just saying that if I don't teach my kids, who else will? So I'm now going to be his fourth grade teacher this year in religious ed. And I'm joining the youth um, program at our local parish for my two older children and just getting really involved, you know, and having them listen to relevant radio, having uh, prayers every night, blessing them on the way out, blessing them on the way in. If they have issues, you know, come and talk to me. Mommy's done this probably, which probably wasn't the right thing that I did, but. I'm giving Giovanna, you the to I, I wish we had more time because uh, I love hearing what you're doing here. But Father Dave, I, I also love that in spite of, you know, a, a failing, a sin in her life, she didn't let that stop her. And, and that actually was the catalyst to help move her forward and say, I need yeah. to make sure my kids understand the faith and I don't let this stop me. Yeah. And I think, you know, her child just seeing her in the classroom speaks volumes of, of how important yeah. this is. You know, there's mom in the classroom with me. That's extremely powerful. Giovanna, I really appreciate you calling and sharing your story here. Father Dave, it's always great to talk with you, but once again, the hour has just flown by. Uh, before we do wrap up, could I ask you to offer here in the last 30 or 40 seconds a blessing for all the families as they do look back to school time here? Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on all our parents, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, all who share their faith to the best of their ability in their family. May they be rewarded for their efforts. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
All right. Thanks again, Father Dave, for being with us here on the program today. Coming up on Monday, I'm very excited because it's one of my favorite feasts. It's the Solemnity of the Assumption. If it's not one of your favorites, I hope it will be after Monday's show. We're going to be talking with Father James Kabicki about this wonderful celebration and what it means for us, uh, what the Assumption really means for us. I hope you can join us on Monday. Big thank you to Nick Sentevich and to Thomas Engesser for their help in producing the program. If you joined us late, I say it every time, make sure you go find the podcast at our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app.